I want you to get your Bible, if you have your Bible on your mobile device. What I'm going to share with you today is something the Lord gave me for you, February 7th. And I have held this word for you. The other day I was going to share some of it with my wife and the Holy Spirit said, no, hold it, keep it. All of our married life, every Sunday morning, she has prepared for me beside the coffee pot. Some people go to prayer first in the morning. Some of us go to the coffee pot. But see, me and Jesus are so close, I can go have coffee with him. <laughs> but every morning, she has a note beside the coffee pot. Today, we weren't at home. Wow. And she texted me my note. It is my sermon text for today. And she had no idea. First, know that the Lord loves you. I am here as your servant. I am here as family. I checked out White County a little bit and found out that I have a distant cousin that was sheriff in White County, Orlando Burrell, in the 1800s. <laughs> Seriously, isn't that right? And he represented White County in, in Congress. Yeah, so I feel like I'm home. <laughs> I want you to say this with me. You can't lose. Oh, that was pitiful. <laughs> Say it again. You can't lose with the stuff I use. With the stuff I use. Say it again. You can't lose with the stuff I use. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Everybody looking for a cure to something. You already have it. Say, I already have it. I want you to go to Luke chapter 10, verse 19 says this, the very last part of the verse, and I want you to say it with me, and nothing by any means shall harm you or hurt you. You're going to find what we're going to talk about from Luke chapter 10. You're going to find it in Matthew chapter 10. You'll find it in Mark chapter 6 briefly. But let me share with you a little bit about what's going on. And I saw it operating here today, and I'm going, my goodness, this is what the Lord said. 
Luke chapter 9, Jesus calls his 12 that he personally chose, and he said, look, I want you to go out, and I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out the leper, cast out demons. I want you to heal the sick, and I want you to tell them the kingdom of God has come. Whoa. Then, through that entire chapter, he begins to instruct them and tell them things to do. He has already given them power. Whatever you have need of, it's yours. Luke chapter 10, he calls up the 70 or 72. In the original Greek, there is a word that means 70, but there is a word translators left out that's right beside that that is translated the number two. That's why sometimes you have in some places the number 70 and the number 72 in other places. But God didn't mess up when he sent the message. The 72 were not preachers. Everybody say they were not preachers. They weren't ordained by anybody. Jesus just picked them. Everybody look this way. He sent me here to tell you he's picked you. <laughs> Turn to somebody and say, he's picked you. And he said to them, he said, I want you to go and he said, I want you to tell people that the kingdom of God's arrived, and I want you to heal the sick. I want you to cast out devils. Well, they go and they do that, and they come back, and they're jumping up and down. Woo! It's happening. There moment. How... What happened? You can't lose with the stuff I use. And they're so excited because Jesus said, what happened? Well, you can't lose with the stuff I use. Everywhere I go, people are getting better. Say that. Everywhere I go, people are getting better. Jesus said to them, he said, whoa, wait a minute. Slow down just a second. He said, I want to tell you something. It's okay that you're shouting because the devils are subject to you. Don't ever have God do something for you and go, boy, that was cool. I'm really glad you did that, Jesus. Did you know a lot of times God does things for us and we never tell anybody? Those of you that came up for prayer today, when God does something for you, come back up here and tell folks, hey, when you laid hands on me, the Lord touched me. There's nothing wrong with thank you. Come and tell them, hey, the, the Lord made me whole. The Lord touched me. The Lord made me well. The word you spoke today, 16, you're right on the money. Right on. Jesus said, now, it's okay if you do that. And when you hear about people getting healed because you prayed for them, 
Rejoice over it. Don't put on this, this, well, you know, I'm just a humble servant of Jesus. Just whatever he wants to do with me, that's what I wanted to praise his holy name. Oh. What you're going to do is you are going to be like you were when you got saved. The Bible says, if you say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, and then you need to go tell somebody, hey, I'm born again. I don't act like that anymore. I don't go to those places anymore because I'm born again. I'm a new creature. Tell somebody. But watch this. Jesus said in verse 10, he said, when you go out, don't take anything with you. Now watch this. Don't take anything with you. Don't take any money. Don't take any extra clothes. Watch. He says, and wherever you go, they're going to take care of you. He said, and nothing by any means will hurt you. Don't be afraid to send your children to school. Nothing by any means will hurt them. How do you know? Because you pray for angelic encampment around your children. Are you hearing me? Oh, my goodness. Nothing is going to hurt you. But now that sounds good in English, but in the original translation, nothing by any means will hurt you does not mean physical. The things that hurt us most is what people say about us. And Jesus is saying, nothing anybody says is going to hurt your influence. You just keep living right, you keep doing right, and I'm going to take care of you. See, I'm a preacher's kid. Did you know preacher's kids are supposed to be the baddest and the meanest? I have three children that are all involved in the ministry, but I thought preacher's kids were supposed to be the meanest. No, 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 no. You don't let what other people say about you affect what you do. They're going to, and don't try to defend yourself. You just do what the Lord says. When he says, go over there and tell the man of God such and such and such, don't wonder what somebody else is going to think. You do what God says. Pastor, you do what he says in spite of what people say. Now watch. Luke 9, he says it to the disciples. Luke 10, he says it to regular people. And he tells them, don't take anything with you. But in Luke chapter 22, go there real quick. In Luke chapter 22, beginning with verse 35 through 38, they're about to take Jesus to the cross. They're about to arrest Jesus. Everybody listen to me. And he turns to his disciples 
And he says, remember last time when I sent you out? Did you have need of anything? And they said, not a thing. Everybody look this way. God is going to take care of you when you have nothing. If he says go, you go. If he says give, there may be things in this body. The Lord says, you know all that money you've got saved up for the future? Mm -hmm. I want you to give it here. I'm glad somebody laughed. I thought they all went home. <laughs> if he said give it all, don't answer out loud because don't want you to drop dead, Acts chapter 5. But if he said give it all, would you? But then in Luke 22, he turns and he asks his followers, did you ever need anything? They said, no, watch this. He told them, he said, don't take a pocketbook, don't take a bag of clothes, don't take a weapon, don't take anything. But in Luke 22, he turns around, he says, this time, everybody say this time. You carry everything with you you can get a hold of. You take, if you have one sword, get two. The Lord sent me here to tell you, there are things he's going to send you to do as individuals and as a church that he's going to tell you, don't you take a thing. But then there are other times he's going to say, I want you to pack up everything and take it. Do you know why? Do you want to know why he changed it? I asked him, I said, why did you change it? He said, because they were taking their seed with them. Before, I was investing in them. In Luke 22, they were investing in me. Oh, does that help anybody? Yeah. See, here's the deal. You can't lose with the stuff I use, whether you have something to give or not, whether you have something to take or not. You can't lose with the stuff I use. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> how does that work, Pastor? Well, here's how it works. In chapter 24 of Luke, he turns to his followers and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to stay there until you're endued with power from on high. Don't you go anywhere until you get that. Acts chapter 1, Luke keeps writing, and oh my goodness, and while he's writing, Jesus says, go to Jerusalem and stay there. Sometimes before you go out to heal the sick and cleanse the leper and cast out the devil, he will have you go away and be by yourself so he can sow into you. But in Acts chapter 2, they get full. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, and all of a sudden they find a lame man, and it's time to unpack. What are they unpacking? Grab my hand and get up and walk with me. Luke chapter 4, oh no, 
nothing by any means shall hurt me, but what was supposed to have excited the town made the town mad. But Jesus took care of them. And at the end of Acts chapter 4, they have prayed until the whole place they were at was shaken. Luke chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphire lie to the Holy Ghost and they drop dead. Ladies and gentlemen, always tell God the truth. Always tell God the truth. Don't ever pretend. If God didn't say it, shut up. If God said give it and you don't, you'll lose it. You're getting ready to do some big things around here. Something's about to happen around here. You need to get ready to invest. Are you listening to me? Oh, Acts chapter 6, God moves and the church raises up seven men that are full of the Holy Ghost. And do you know what their job is? Take care of widows. Anybody takes care of widows needs to be full of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Acts chapter 7, Stephen is put on trial. Do you know why? Because he is healing the sick and he's casting out devils. In Acts chapter 8, God moves and sends Peter and John to a city outside in a place called Samaria and they lay hands on the folks and they get full of the Holy Ghost and the preacher there named Philip is sent down to the desert and God gives him a plane air ride after he ministers to one man. In Acts chapter 9, the apostle Paul is saved and converted. In Acts chapter 10, Peter goes into the house of Cornelius and preaches the Holy Ghost to them. In Acts chapter 11, he has to come back and report to the church, hey, God filled those folks with the Holy Ghost just like he did us. Oh my God, have mercy. (laughs) In Acts chapter, can I go on? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. He is saying, you go do what I've called you to do and stop standing around waiting for something to happen. Real quick. How does this apply to me? Number one, write this down. When the Lord tells you to go, stop telling him the reasons you can't. I can't go, you know, I got hepatitis. I have no idea what that is. You know, when I, I can't go when I was When I was a child, my daddy used to cuss at me and and beat me up. You're 50. You ought to be over that. I spend a lot of my time professionally counseling with folks that go, I can't do that. When I was a little boy, somebody hurt me. You're 50. You never tell your wife that. She tells you to do something. You can't tell me what to do. Jesus tells you to do something. I can't do that because my daddy was mean to me. (laughs) 
When he tells you to do something, do it right then. Secondly, he wants you to know that what you do will make God rejoice. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10, when the, when the 70 came back to him and said, the devils are subject to it. The Bible said, and Jesus with great joy lifted up his voice and said, Father, I am so glad you've done this in their life. I'm glad you have done it among, in people that nobody else would have used. Well, I've never been to Bible school. Great, we don't have to get out of all of that junk out of you. <laughs> Thirdly, when God tells you to do something, remember he may change as you're doing it your methodology. Is this helping anybody? Stop trying to get to your kids the way you used to get to them. Stop preaching to them. Just be daddy. Be mama. If I talk to my mom and daddy the way some kids talk to their parents today, I'd be eating lunch with Jesus today. <laughs> Do you know what my parents did? When I was a little boy, every day, my mom would go, Jeffrey! Did your mom ever yell for you in the neighborhood? Oh, my God. I almost had to do three years of therapy to get over that. Jeffrey! Time to eat! And I'd run to the house, and my three sisters and I would gather around the table, and mom would have the Bible open. I learned to read the Bible before I went to school. I saw both of my sisters, older sis, my older sister and my young sister receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost at home. The Lord called me to preach when I was 11. I preached my first sermon on my 12th birthday. I've been preaching 51 years. I'm still 27. <laughs> yes. Yes. I want, every, I want every teenager in the house, I want you to stand up. I, I got to stop right there. I'm not finished. Is that okay? okay? I want every teenager in the house to stand up. Wherever you are, you're a teenager. Stand up everywhere in the house. I don't care. Stand up. Every teenager. I don't care if it's one or two. Stand up. I want you to step out from where you're standing and come right here. Hurry, hurry, please, don't sit down. Please come, please, please, please. Face me, face me. You're not gonna have to face the audience, face me. Say this with me, you can't lose with the stuff I use.
You are one of the reasons the Lord sent me here. He said, when you go to crossroads, pray for the teenagers. He said this to me on February 7th. I knew Jesus wasn't coming before the 25th because he said to pray for you. <laughs> I'm very serious. You're one of the groups that he is saying, I'm sending you. You may not be able to tell today, but I used to be a teenager. <laughs> Where I went to school in Toronto, one of my teachers beat me up because I was a Christian. A gang in the school held me on the floor and lit cigarettes and rubbed them in my face trying to make me use profanity. I know what it's like <laughs> to want people to like you. I know what it's like to want to be cool. And let me tell you, I don't care how old your parents get. I don't care how old your grandparents get. They still want to be cool. Don't you ever forget that. Sometimes we don't do it real good. But you need to let your mom and your dad and your grandparents be the prophets in your life. I have three children. All are in the ministry. And it's great to hear them and see them text me and say, Dad, you're my prophet. I know God speaks to you. My baby girl texted me before I came up here. She said, if they would know that not only are you my dad, but you're the man of God, to listen. God wants to do great things for you. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to have all of the friends that you want to have. He wants you to have that good-looking guy that you have been eyeing for a while, but he, want, but he wants him to be saved. My daughter waited until she was 27, but she has a man of God. Sir, God has his hand on you. He sent me here from Atlanta to tell you he has his hand on you. He's talking to you today. He sent me all the way up here to tell you this. This is your day. The 25th of February is your day. 